Well, hello everybody. My name is Brian Blackmore for Dave.Video. And this afternoon, we're going to be talking about the Elisa immersive sound technology from L Acoustics. It's a very interesting DSP platform that allows for multi-dimensional sound, what the company calls hyper real sound for live and recorded applications. So the system was recently installed at Mount Perrin Church in Atlanta. Uh, so we're going to get into that application just a bit. But with me today, our guests are Josh Mike Lee, is applications engineer for Houses of Worship for L Acoustics. Josh, say That's hi. Correct. Hey, Brian, how are you? Thanks for having me here today. I'm uh, coming to you actually from Grand Rapids, Michigan, where I live full time. All right. Thanks, Josh. Nice, nice to see you. Uh, next, we have Tim Quarter. He's strategic accounts director, Houses of Worship for Diversified, who is the integrator on the project. Say hi, Tim. Hi, Brian. Hi, Brian. First time caller, long time listener. Glad <laughs> to be here. <laughs> All right. Good stuff. All right. And then David Mendoza is the technical director at Mount Perrin Church in Atlanta, Georgia. Say hey, David. Hey, Brian. Glad to be here. All right. Great. Thank you all for uh, for being with us today. So the first question is for Josh. Um, Josh, tell us a little bit more about the Elisa sound system, uh, the technology, uh, why it's important, and uh, why it had a, a particular application at Mount Perrin Church. Sure, sure. Yeah. So um, Elisa is not exactly a new technology. We've been uh, working on developing this and implementing it and releasing it into the wild for the better part of almost five years or more now. Um, the technology as a whole really was designed because when you step back and you look at all of our audi auditory experiences in life, uh, sound comes from many different directions, right? But we tend to localize that sound to where it's coming from. When we go to concerts and we go to all these different things, you start to realize that we're watching something on stage, but we're hearing it come from somewhere completely different. And there's this major disconnect between what's happening on stage and the auditory event that's happening. Um, there's a myriad of other problems that really are are posed by a traditional left-right system or even a mono. But one of the things we continue to talk about is that um, a traditional system right now is really dual mono. Where is everything that's important in your mix? You know, from a house of worship standpoint for us, where is the pastor? He's pan center. Where is acoustic guitar? Where is our worship leader? They're all pan center, right? So we have dual mono, and with that comes a comb filter, many other issues from that um, in terms of localization session. So what Elisa has been able to do and what, what the technology gives us is to be able to connect what we're seeing on stage with what we're hearing. Um, when we can do that, we start to break down the walls, and, and really the technology t automatically disappears. It doesn't become something that attracts attention. It becomes something that just becomes part of the experience and no longer is the sound system. It's what we're really seeing and hearing just louder. And so when you look at that from a house of worship standpoint, you start to think about, wow, if I don't have this distraction of seeing pastor right here, but I'm hearing him from over here, right? If I don't if I don't have this distraction of hearing this amazing piano or this amazing choir in front of me, and it looks beautiful, but we're hearing it from way over here, or worst case scenario, if you're sitting way over there, you're hearing it from above your head or something to that effect. And I think those are probably things we're going to all talk about a little bit about what that technology has done for Mount Perrin. But I guess in a nutshell, that's really what Elisa is and what it's doing for House of Worship for us and why I believe um, it's a it's a huge emerging technology that's that's really here to stay within the House of Worship sector. It's really interesting, uh, exciting new technology, new, new uh, next steps in pro audio. 
So I'd like to bring Dave Mendoza in. Um, Dave, can you just tell us a little bit about the Mount Perrin project and what the goals were? Yeah, so Mount Perrin was interested in purchasing a new PA system um, after 15 years of using the same system since initial build of the, of the campus. Um, we were running into a lot of issues with intelligibility and balance. And, um, uh, you know, we were looking for the solution that would bring us into the 21st century with the latest, greatest technology. And uh, that was some of the main goals by leadership. And some of my team were interested in, in, um, in getting a better balance mix in that, in that format. And so as we go into searching for PAs and uh, working with Tim Quarter on what is the best solutions, we, uh, we ran into a couple issues like sight lines. We have some um, some great LED walls here at Mount Perrin, and um, they hang on each side. And so there were a couple factors that decided the PA for us, such as sight lines, the inability to hang a traditional J hang within our room, or one, was one of the factors that that led to the Eliza technology. Yeah, you know, Dave, it's funny that you bring that up because as as we went through this, and and Tim reached out to me, and and we led initially with, if you remember, with the left right design. And it became yeah. virtually impossible to find a way to give you the <laughs> SPL and coverage that you wanted in the room, but also achieve those sightline goals so that everybody in the balcony, because a huge amount of your seating is in the balcony, uh, was Absolutely. not uh, impeded by loudspeakers dipping down into there. And there were some, I mean, Tim could probably speak to this, Tim. You also looked at some other technologies that weren't L acoustics driven, um, mm -hmm. right. but they didn't achieve everything you wanted either, right? And that's, that's what was so interesting about this process is, you know, our conversation today is about, um, you know, Josh, you just gave an intro to the kind of the transformative nature of being able to connect, um, better connect what you see on stage with what you hear. But that's not really where the, you know, where this loudspeaker system for Mount Parent started, where this, where this came into play is, the same way in any other room, you know, I've been involved in a lot of churches over the years, of, uh, both as an end user and, and as an integrator. And, you know, it starts with just trying to achieve good, consistent coverage to have everyone wants a consistent experience. You want to, you want a you know, a very average spectral balance throughout the entire room. You don't want hot spots and cold spots. And David, that was part of your biggest challenge with the old system was it had yeah. really reached a place where, Things were so, um, you know, it's just it's just the limitations of 15-year-old technology that ultimately led to a lot of people stayed out of the room during worship, right? I mean, I experienced that when I was there. You'd see a rush of people come in after worship was done, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's, that's one of the key points with this new technology. I mean, we had instances where, you know, the first month into it, people are staying over for the next service because they want to hear the next worship set. And they can't, they don't want to leave because they want to listen. They felt a piece of heaven and they wanted to experience that again. And so that was the greatest feeling we, we experienced, man. I, I remember calling you saying, hey, look, we have this issue now. <laughs> we need an overflow room. <laughs> Dave, I, I, I've got a question just, just so we get the context. You added the LED walls before the new sound system. That's correct. Yes, right. Sir. And so, and, and of course, and of course, like uh, like anyone, uh, you know, there's no such thing as too large of screens, right? So right. the screens, <laughs> the LED walls were even larger than the original rear projection screens, which led to a challenge that as soon as we dug into this, um, you know, we we realized that any traditional, uh, any typical long length array that's ten feet or twelve feet in length. Even, even using smaller boxes and trying to kind of cheat the laws of physics to use small drivers and get a big sound, 
even in any of those scenarios, we were looking at a situation where, you know, sitting in the room with David's leadership and a model, we're saying, you know, goodness sakes, 25% of this room is going to have the part of the screen where the pastor's face is for the entire message. They're going to be blocked. And so I took that, you know, Josh and I were collaborating back and forth on different ideas. And Josh kind of brought this, you know, seemingly, he said, you know, don't, don't think I'm crazy for this, but what if we, you know, what if we did Elisa in this room? And understand for background, I have been, again, along the ride with acoustics um, and the Elisa uh, philosophy, honestly, before there was, you know, before there was marketing speak to it, before there was, you know, before the, the fully finished product that we see today. And I've believed all along that this could be a very transformative step to church leadership because everyone talks about you know, common buzzwords these days are immersive and engaging. And we're trying to create an experience that is unique that you can't get watching online and to draw people into a live space and make them want to come back. And I, you know, for, for years, the way you do that is with big LED walls on the sides of the stage. The way you do it with is with, you know, a color changing house light and, and breaking down the fourth wall of the stage well, so I've, I've thought for a long time that this this could be the thing. Candidly, I've always thought of this for, you know, black box church with a rock and roll band. And they're going to they're it, it's really going to be a very um, a very whether we say high production value or a really contemporary church model. And so that's the thing that's the most interesting to me about Elisa solved a problem for Mount Perrin that I've encountered a number of other times over the years without having this tool. D Tim or Dave, could could you uh, give us some context and show us some pictures? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'd love to share some. Tim, if you have some, go ahead. Go, go ahead. You go first. Perfect. Yeah, I'd love to show you a little context here. Um and um, this is a this is an old picture of the old PA, and this is kind of what you're looking at prior. Um, we have a big choir loft that you'll see is behind. This was our what Tim was referring to, our, you know, our traditional or contemporary five piece band that rock still uh, contemporary worship. And so this is what we were using. And there was a delay ring, and um, we had a mono system in line as well. You know, um, one thing to note is Mount Perrin has transformed their worship over the years, and so. The, the worship that we began and the style of, of music that we were doing when the campus was built was not and is not what we're currently doing now. Um, we've reached a hybrid of, of uh, contemporary and, and traditional worship that blends in real well. You have a 150-piece choir behind. Um, so this was the these are some of the pictures of the install. And as you can see in the back, you have a uh, choir loft. And so... And notice, hey, and David, notice, point out, the, the original main PA was actually, what, 25 feet upstage of where it was, the yes. is from? That is a very so good I'll, point, Tim. <laughs> I provided no issues with feedback. The first <laughs> yeah. time I came the mix there on a Sunday, and I pulled, I sat down at the console, and I saw all of this channel EQ on almost every channel of, you know, cutting 200 hertz and 400 hertz and cutting 2K. And, cut, and, and I said, man, this all looks so aggressive. And so before rehearsal even started, I didn't know any better. I just, I started relaxing. Surely I can get away with less EQ, this and that. And the first moment a microphone, a live mic came on stage, 25 feet in front of that old PA, it was like, oh, nope, that EQ's there for a reason. Put that back, put that back, put that back as fast <laughs> as I can. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So we came forward 25 feet. We have an eight praise team lineup. 
And so you can imagine the the trouble that we were in in the past, you know, trying to make that maybe a headset, a lapel mic, a podium mic in front of that system, you know, just nightmares that as an engineer, you you have to deal with, you have to encounter. Well, with this new technology, all that has been freed. And I, I, I see it as we're going from damage control to tone shaping. Now we're able to define the sound. We're able to create something, you know, a mix from from a well set up system. And so one thing to note as well, Brian, here's the here's the amp count. <laughs> so you had three full racks worth of amps. And uh, this is our current setup now on the right side. This is That's all the amps that we have enabled for the PA. And David, didn't one of your pastors make a comment even about the current draw, uh, the difference in yeah. your electrical bill? Yeah, so we <laughs> he made a note. He's saying, hey, just just so you know, this this current system is a lot better on our electrical bill and our finances. So that was a that was a smiley face and a happy face. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, here one thing I do want to note is the sub configuration as well as we open this up. So you have four flown subs at the center. Um, which to my, when Josh was first tuning, I said, Hey, I, I just want to hear it because, you know, I, this is such a big room. Why are you only doing four subs here? You know, and maybe Josh, you can explain the theory behind that, but I mean, it sounds like floor subs in the room. Yeah. And, and I can speak a little bit of that and actually I'll, I'll share my screen with you. So you guys can kind of see the Mount Perrin, um, system, you know, as we were as, as designed and, what you'll notice is, and, and when you see the pictures of the final room, the subs are actually behind the scrim. Um, and so all you see is the scene system and the extension. So you see seven arrays hanging across the front. Um, but, you know, we can get really deep into the, the physics and the math on, on why this works. But ultimately, um, where the things that we used to be center, things like our bass and our kick drum, um, they are in close proximity to where the subs are. And so the amount of, there's an extreme amount of efficiency that is gained by that. And you can really get down to it um, when you do flown and ground subs and all this kind of stuff. Um, there's a compromise by splitting subwoofers out. And that compromise is efficiency and, and to the tune of almost 9 dB. And so what I can do with four dual 18 subs in here um, is, is borderline concussive for a room that's over 2,400 people. Uh, we probably, I probably would have suggested no less than 10 KS28s in a standard left-right design here. Amazing, Josh. Um, so back to David. Um, Dave, so you and the leadership of the church, you had other options. Um, so what made you take a chance and go with this new technology for this and this new, you know, kind of radical new design compared to uh, what you had here before? Yeah, we did. We actually analyzed a couple options, different brands, different layouts. Um, the biggest thing was the sight lines. You know, the stewardship aspect is we we enabled so much funds to make these LED walls happen. And so we wanted to honor that as the member comes to church and looks up. We don't we didn't want a J hang in the middle of the screen, as Tim was saying, you know, pastor's center screen. And there's a speaker if I'm sitting at a at a seat in, the, in that. And um, personally, I had not heard the technology until I traveled up to Charlotte to hear Bon Iver. And, um, you know, when Tim brought it up, said, hey, we got this design. Check it out. You know, it's immersive. My first thoughts were, oh, boy, the learning curve. Oh, boy. You know, at Mount Perrin, we don't do a midweek rehearsal. We do rehearse, but it's not it's not a pre-planned. It's not a cue to cue. It's it's here are the songs that are laid out here. Are the stuff we're going to do, we're going to, you know, Sunday morning rehearse. So my first initial worry was, Tim, how much learning curves there? How much automation? How much am I having to learn and figure out that I don't have much time for? And so. Um, the first aspect was me going to Charlotte and hearing the system with Bon Iver. I, I was blown away, impressed. I mean, it was just such an immersive experience. 
that I said, oh my gosh, if we can bring this to Mount Perrin with a 150-piece choir, eight praise team singers, we have an orchestra. I mean, my mind just kept on going. And so the second step was, Tim, okay, how, how long am I get, how long is it going to take me to learn this technology? And Brian, being completely honest, it was really straightforward. You have a controller from Eliza, you know, that's embedded into our Digico, which we can mention here soon. Um, and it's pretty much grab and go. And so you're, you're grabbing, you're pretty much paying a picture as a front of house engineer. You have, um, you have certain channels that come into your console and now you're able to pan them and throw them into the scene system, which is the first five hangs that you see within our pictures. Um, I'll share that with you here, Brian. Um, so you have what's called the scene system. And so the first five hangs centered, you're able to locate those audio within your map. And so it, the learning curve was minimal. I mean, for our culture, it fit just right. When you throw that choir and you, you're able to pan them and, and use the, the parameters that Eliza gives you, which is distance, the width, the elevation, you have so many tools at your hand. As a front of house engineer, it, it should get you excited and say, wow, now I'm the true artist behind this console and I'm able to paint a picture for the people sitting in the room. And um, one thing to know, when, when Tim came and mixed our Christmas show, which is, which is a big deal here at Mount Perrin, um, we do a full week of rehearsals and, and um, he did some automation with some rehearsals and stuff. And, and all that automation means is, hey, I want these channels to start here uh, out wide and then I want them to end at, a, uh, at the center or make this moment. Man, he had 95% of the room standing with their arm raised in worship by just a simple tactic of, of automation of channels, bringing them forward. And uh, Tim, I don't know if you want to elaborate on that. Well, and it's important because all of that, you know, as a mix engineer, how much work do we have to do historically to make, especially, I mean, David, you, you make, you stress me out just in, in talking about <laughs> the input count and the, and the amount yeah. of channels. And ultimately you guys do all, so many different styles, like a lot of churches of, you know, yeah. everything from gospel flat out you know, Brooklyn tab style, um, you know, choir driven to Southern gospel to contemporary Hillsong and Bethel and you, and elevation and you name it, anything in between. And, you know, initially when I was looking, when I was even learning about Elisa over the last five years, um, so much of, you know, the common feedback you'd hear is, well, this would be great, but you know, you're going to have to run the time code, right. And this is going to require days of rehearsal because, because in other, um, in other markets, you know, when you think immersive, I, I certainly, I think a lot of people would certainly think of Broadway and the Vegas shows and, you know, people like Cirque du Soleil, and, you know, obviously in that world, it is a highly scripted hit play and the technology runs. That's not how Mount Perrin operates and that's not how most churches operate. And so that's what's unique about, um, you know, these emerging technologies is thankfully the loudspeaker manufacturers are partnering with the audio consoles so that while there is an Elisa interface off to the side and you can grab a mouse and you can dig deeper into things. Ultimately, everything David just described was all done on the Digico console, you know, and it was it was all any automation. I mean, we're just talking about snapshots. We're just talking about I, I, I place things where I want them and I hit store. And when I recall that, they're going to come back. So it's could, really fast could we, and easy. Could you, you describe know? that a little bit more, Tim and Dave? So does the uh, the the Elisa interface uh, come up on one of the Digico screens and you can so drag so and sure. drop or? Tell us let me more. share this first. Let me share this first picture. This is the Elisa controller, and so this is actually showing you left to right. You're seeing a visual representation of the canvas. 
and understand because we don't have surround speakers in the room. Um, you know, it, it's essentially covering that what 60 degrees uh, area, you know, from left to right. Obviously, if we added more speakers, we could, in theory, go as far as 360 degrees around the room if we wanted to. And every, every one of those blue dots that you see on the screen are an individual input. So it would be a microphone. Well, the thing that's interesting to see here is notice that, you, you know, those they're not all in the same plane. Some are, f are pushed further back from others. You have in, in um, when you're mixing on Elisa. You essentially have, and David referenced it, but I'll give just a little more context to it. You have the ability to pan things. We've had pan for many years, right? Uh, we've already established most of your important inputs get panned right up the middle. And you, you, it's not a tool that you can use. So how much work do you do with a choir, for example, or how much psychoacoustic or special waves plugins do you need in order to try and get gain before feedback? Because you have 12 open microphones that are trying to pick up the 150 person choir. In this world, you can take all of those microphones and spread them out left or right across the canvas. And now all of a sudden, when the left side of the choir sings, you can feel it coming from the left side of the stage. When the right, when the left side sings and the right side anchors or uh, echoes back, you feel that you can actually hear that the same way that you would if you were standing 20 feet in front of the choir. But the other thing that's interesting is you notice that some of these inputs are pushed further back from others. That is called depth. And essentially, this was one of the biggest surprise things to me. I mean, candidly, Josh, plug your ears. I've been hearing about the room engine, you know, for a long time and as a, as a function of Elisa. And honestly, I didn't know how it would really matter in modern worship. I thought it was one of those things. It was just a cool marketing feature. And it, oh, yeah, hey, and one more thing, it does this. What that depth. Um, allows you to do is to take an input and um, move it closer to you or further away from you. And as you push it further away, what's happening is it's it's pushing it further into a room engine that is essentially a customizable, very high um, channel count reverb engine. If you use a reverb on an audio console, it's a left-right reverb. So I can place it on the left side of Elisa and the right side of Elisa. But if I use the room engine, it is going to discreetly, um, it's going to discreetly bring the, the artificial sound out of all of the channels in a very authentic way. So this was the, this was actually with our project manager. The first time he heard the system in the room, we had a spoken voice playing and we pushed it for, we were pushing it away further in depth and then bringing it back. And it was so convincing to him that it's like you're used to. When something gets further away, it ha it, it is more reverberant. It, it loses some of its high frequencies. There's, you know, those sort of characteristics. So what that means is that you have the ability now as a tool in the course of worship to say, if it's a choir-driven song, bring the choir forward. And if there's a praise team, maybe they're supplementing or they're just adding some reinforcement to the choir, you can push them further back. And now you actually, it does feel like the choir is closer to you, the vocals are further away, so that by the time we get to the big final chorus, it really feels like it's, it, it, when you're in the room, it's hard to tell the breakdown of where the choir versus the congregation, where one starts and the other, and the other ends, because it's just coming from all around you. Fascinating. And that's why I tell people it's inspiring to sit in the room, because you can be in an empty room with tracks and hear this system. But it's a totally different thing to be in the room with 2,000 people and mm -hmm. hear that feel. Josh, do you want to expand on uh, the the room engine? 
Yeah. So the, the, you know, Tim, Tim nailed it, um, <laughs> on, on what the room engine is, but I, I think it's important to understand that, that what he was explaining about, about the location is, is that the engine has precedence. So it's natural. Um, it, it actually emits reverb from each individual stem coming in from its location. And that's what happens in the real world. Right. And so it, it, it is less of an effect and more of a tool um, or more of a more of another color in our in our palette. You know, you hear us talking a lot about this paintbrushes and palettes and us being an artist, and and I think that's important also to remember that um, this tool has given David and his team the ability to be mu to be musicians, to be artists again, instead of just the gatekeepers of frequencies. Um, yeah. And and one of the other parameters that they have at their disposal, which we haven't really touched on, is width. Um, and so each individual input also has the ability to have width at the, in the system here. And there are a couple other parameters. Um, there is um, elevation as well if you were to have overheads, um, but we don't have overheads or surrounds there, and they're not really necessary for what we're doing there. But the ability to add width means that I can take a, a, an acoustic guitar and make it really, really wide. Um, but I could take, let's say, an electric guitar and make it really, really narrow or something to that effect, right? And this is a creative tool. There really is no right or wrong to what you're doing with it. It's you finally getting to be able to be an artist and, and decide you want to do something cool and see if it works. So, Josh, I'm showing them here that, you know, there's some inputs that are strictly a circle and then there's that have this line that's extending out. That line is representing the width of that individual source. So you see, most of the sources are pretty narrow in this particular snapshot, but some of them are, you know, significantly wider. And that's another one of those tricks. Again, being able to take something wide and, and you use it wide for the bulk of the song. And then say when the electric guitar takes a solo, you make it narrow and you pull it forward. And all of a sudden you haven't changed amplitude, but you have completely changed your mix. You've improved it. You know, you featured something. And it just introduces this whole other tool that, again, we've never had access to before. So yeah, in Mount Perrin's setup, here's the screen uh, that we've just been looking at the close-up. Josh, I'm sorry, I cut you off. No, you're good. And I was just going to say, you can actually kind of see, I don't have the best picture of it here, but you can kind of see that what happens on the console side is that all of your pan, your width, your depth, your elevation, if you were using a system that had you know, speakers up over the audience, which you could have speakers overhead, those parameters are all able to be controlled here on the console, and they track in real time with, if I pan something and move it over here on the console, I would see it move on the screen. So there's times where it's faster to grab the mouse, and you want to reach over, and you want to play with it you know, with the mouse. You can do that. There's times where it's faster to you know, you can create presets and you can use the snapshot engine of the console. No time code required, no, you know, no special tricks. It's, it's just like using the console that you've always had. There's just four extra parameters on every channel. And it's really, really easy. And that's the thing I can tell you, I pushed it hard. You know, I, when I came for Christmas, it was four nights of rehearsals, two show days. There were, you know, there were what, probably 30 or 40 snapshots, a snapshot for every song as a starting point with faders and mutes and pans, essentially. And I never had, you know, it just works. And it, it earned my trust as an engineer very quickly that of how seamless the, the process is. I can echo for David that, you know, knowing their Sunday morning experience and how short the timeline is, you need something that's easy. You need something that works because if it's cool, but 
if it adds complexity and adds risk, that's a much more difficult conversation value to decide is the risk worth the reward. And in this case, yeah. it really feels like, you know, we have we just have a natural extension of, you know, how we've mixed for a long time to a so, different level. David, it's it, it's a there's a lot of technology here. Um, yeah, that I'm sure some of its senior leadership understands and most of it they don't. But I wonder if you could just wrap up and tell us what's been the response? How how has leadership responded? How has the congregation responded? Yeah, one thing to note here, as, as Tim talked about the Christmas thing, our, our senior pastor here at Mount Perrin is an electric guitar player, classical acoustic guitar player. So I feel like I have the benefit and the advantage than most other tech directors that can sit in their room, that I can sit in the room with Pastor Cooper and say, hey, here are the parameters that I have. Here are the new tools. As he checks out new pedals and he understands how you know technology is evolving over the time, I have that edge to be able to sit down with him and say, hey, you know, we have elevation, we have distance, we have width, you're, you're playing that guitar, but in that mix, I really want to bring you up. And if you're doing a special moment, I mean, we can sit there and uh, dialogue, which gives me the benefit of enabling these kind of technologies here at Mount Parent. And uh, the leadership response, I, I can attest to this, and Tim, Tim will smile at this, but um, our financial pastor, the, the guy, the final sign-off guy, was there that Thursday night when we rehearsed. And I think he got about, what, what do you say, Tim, 30 seconds of it? I mean, no more than a minute. <laughs> walks in and just i mean you can see the biggest smile on his face like i can't wait for the congregation to hear hear this you know it's just going to be tremendous the experience and the fact that somebody like that that maybe is not technology inclined is able to you know notice the difference of wow i can hear it i can i can picture what the response of the people are is going to be is was tremendous i mean it was the biggest win we we had and so as the people rolled into the room, I mean, night and day, night and day difference for everybody was the response. I can hear everything. I can understand what they're saying. Wow, I'm just so engaged was the general feeling that I felt for months. And so at here at Mount Perrin, we went away from a DB discussion. And so that's one thing to note, you know, as you as you sit in technical director position where every weekend you're getting bombarded on, it's too loud, it's way too loud. I don't know what we got to do, but we got to bring that DB count down. A properly laid out system like this let us move away from the DB conversation. Now we're moving into the energy conversation. Are you really pushing out the energy that we want to create in this moment? Are we, what's our goal as we sit down with the, with the worship pastor, what's our goal to create with the, with these songs? Is there any specific moment that you want to highlight? Is there a moment we want to create? So it's really brought this creativity to our team and saying, okay, let's sit down. What songs are we doing? Great. Where can I, where can I make specific moments? Where can I get the crowd, you know, fully immersed in worship? And then bring it back down and create these energy moments. And so that's that's key to note with a system like this versus you know where we were in the in the fact of I'm not coming into service until after worship because it's just it's just out of control. And so yeah, I, I just want to say thank you to Tim for for that. And and um, and Tim, you can attest a little more to that. Well, I was just gonna I was just gonna add the part that we hadn't talked about in this, but certainly my friends in the industry who've seen this system go in. Uh, you know, immediately the the first response is, well, this must be nice, but mm -hmm. man, this, this must, uh, there's seven hangs instead of two, <laughs> like goodness sakes. I mean, David, this must have been twice the cost of a traditional yeah. system. <laughs> and that's the wildest <laughs> part of this whole thing is, you know, the timing of this really coincided with um, a new box that came from L Acoustics, the A15 loudspeaker, which is what's used through the majority of this system. And that allowed us, you know, as wild as it is to say, this system was a single digit percentage difference in cost versus any of the left right options we were looking at. 
because we're distributing our SPL horizontally rather than vertically. We're, we're have, putting more arrays in and making each array really just contribute a portion to the whole rather than two arrays having to carry the entire room. And so that end result became, you know, well, this is, this is a no brainer if, if it's uh, such an incremental difference in cost, even if we didn't use all of the technology side of it, we just solved the sight lines. And that was a win in and of itself. It really was in that first week or two where senior leadership realized that all the creative benefits were a bonus, you know, that that's now that's the thing everyone's most excited about, but that's, that's just the, the icing on the cake because at the end of the day, there, uh, there isn't comb filters all over the room. There isn't, uh, you know, there isn't consistency problems like there used to be. It's the most, yeah, I mean, I would argue it's one of the most cohesive sounding rooms, especially from the balcony to the floor to all of these different areas across the entire spectrum. And that's credited uh, first and foremost to the, the new tools we have at our disposal of how, you know, Elisa executes in the room. That's yeah, fantastic. and even the weight. I, I'd like to make a note of the weight. I mean, we, we looked at you know how much weight on the building and stress on the on the architectural structure of the building where we were. I think we were at thirteen thousand pounds, if I don't remember incorrectly. And now we're about a half of that with even more horsepower, you know, more intelligibility. So that's something to note as well with this system. Yeah, and it's more efficient uh, from a power perspective as well. So yeah, yeah. that's fantastic, guys. Um, we're gonna have to leave it there for now. Uh, so yeah, so the, uh, the new Elisa hyper real immersive multi-dimensional sound technology from L acoustics, uh, fascinating conversation guys. So I just want to say thank you again to, uh, Josh, Mike Lee from, um, from L acoustics, uh, Tim quarter from diversified the integrator on the Mount parent system and David Mendoza tech director at Mount parent church in Atlanta. Thank you guys for joining us today on Dave.video. I hope we can do it again sometime. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you.